Einstein once said that in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. Last time on Farms Food and You, we learned about some difficulties North Carolina farmers have faced in recent years. Changing consumer preferences, disastrous weather, falling prices, and the state's rapid population growth. In this episode, we'll take a look at some of the opportunities farmers and others in agriculture see within those difficulties. And we'll discuss how NC State Extension and Research are working to position them for future success. I'm Dee Shore, and I'm with North Carolina State University's College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. In any industry, you have to continuously change because you, once you become stagnant, then you fall behind on the wayside. Archie Griffith has no intentions of falling behind. With his father, Steve, he grows corn, soybeans, wheat, and peanuts in Washington, North Carolina. This year, as the COVID-19 pandemic set in, Archie saw prices for his corn and soybeans fall. Grocery stores struggled to keep certain items on their shelves. He knew it was time to change course. We have taken a step back and said, We need to analyze our business plan and vision and see where we are going because now that this is occurring, there are bound to be drastic changes. Who knows whether those those changes will last indefinitely, but there will be some changes and there will be opportunity. Griffin believes the opportunity stems from changing consumer preferences, especially the rising demand for food that's produced and marketed locally. If you look at your trends before all this COVID hit. And even now, since COVID has been here, you still see a lot of trends going towards your fresh produce, your restaurants and cafes that are utilizing fresh foods, as well as you're seeing a lot of the younger generation venture towards these beer gardens or these uh, breweries or distilleries or things like that, places where they can associate and, and have a meal together. What we are trying to focus in on is creating a culmination of all of these things and making almost like a little village, so to say, with a restaurant, uh, a farmer's market, and a brewery all in one it kind of goes back to that old saying, build it, they will come. I think if you build it and you have the right atmosphere and the right culture, and it focuses and hits on what people are interested in at the moment, I think it could be a success. Griffin sees opportunity in marketing locally, but he also intends to continue to market some of his crops to wholesalers. That mixed formula is one that Brian Blinson, executive director of the North Carolina Cattlemen's Association, sees as a possible route to success for some beef producers. One of the things about the cattle industry is that we're steeped in tradition, but many people are looking for new opportunities to capture value or to add value. Many of the state's cattle farmers keep herds to produce calves, Once the calves are weaned, farmers send them out of state, where they're grown to market weight. 
The Cattlemen's Association is working to strengthen that cow-calf system. Blinson is also interested in expanding the infrastructure and worker training needed to allow North Carolina producers to tap into the demand for locally produced foods. There's no question that the, the consumer here in North Carolina is interested in buying local products. And there's no doubt that the products that they can buy at their local grocery store phenomenal, the beef products. Uh, but if they really, if they want to know the farmer that raised it and have a relationship, we want to make that available too. If our farmers can help sustain their farm by using part of their production as local and capture more of that in food dollar, that's a good thing. And then all the while we've got to continue to, to work on maintaining the value proposition of the conventional market as well so that our farmers can, can stay in business. Sue Leggett and her husband Brent have long taken such a diversified approach. At their farm in Nashville, North Carolina, they market their strawberries directly to consumers. They also sell other crops like peanuts, sweet potatoes, and soybeans to wholesalers and retailers. Success, Leggett says, requires flexibility. We can't just do this the way we've always done it because things are different. Things are changing. And farmers are going to have to be engaged and be willing to interact with folks you wouldn't normally deal with. We had originally scheduled this interview for earlier today, but my schedule got bumped because I had to get on and do a, a FaceTime or a Zoom call with somebody that we supply sweet potatoes to. They wanted to see some uh, field production and how it's done. So something we've never done before, you know, FaceTiming our customers directly, um, these grocery stores and uh, showing them our production practices, which I'm more than happy to do, but they'd never asked. Another thing is with a growing population, many farms will have to change the crops they grow and include some food crops. And along with that, you can't just grow a food crop like you do a row crop. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into it, making sure that the product is safe. NC State economist Blake Brown agrees that diversifying into food crops could be a good move especially for tobacco producers. Tobacco remains one of North Carolina's top three crops, but Brown expects demand to continue to slide. Sweet potatoes are another story. We're going to continue to see declining global demand for tobacco as well as declining U.S. demand. We'll see demand for products like sweet potatoes continue to grow. Our biggest challenge with markets like that is just not to jump out ahead of it and oversupply it. We can do that, even though demand is growing rapidly, we can jump ahead of, of demand and, and push prices down. Brown's colleague, economist Mike Walden, sees additional opportunities for North Carolina's meat producers. Right now, meat production generates about two-thirds of the state's agricultural income. I think one of the long-run opportunities for North Carolina meat producers is the fact that as the rest of the world becomes richer, which most of the rest of the world is, people change their eating habits and they tend to eat more protein and less carbohydrates. So they tend to eat more meat and we're good at producing meat. So that has presented opportunities for North Carolina, particularly in terms of exports. Like Brown, Walden adds a word of caution. 
quite frankly, and I, I wrote about this in my 2017 book about the future of North Carolina's economy, I think a challenge, potential challenge for North Carolina farmers, particularly meat farmers, is will there be artificial meat? The market has grown recently. Will it continue to grow? And could that displace our traditional meat producers? If protein demand grows, Owen Wagner believes it could be a boon not just for meat producers, but for those who grow food crops. Soybeans, grown here largely to feed animals, were North Carolina's top crop in 2019 in terms of both acreage and income. Wagner is Chief Executive Officer of the North Carolina Soybean Producers Association. He sees increased opportunities for North Carolina farmers who can meet demands for higher quality soybeans. For the longest time, farmers have been rewarded almost solely on the basis of quantity or how much, how much they're producing. So the more you grow, the more you get paid. And with that, this idea of quality has almost gotten lost in the shuffle. But that trend can only go on for so long. You look at things like protein content in soybeans over time, and they've unfortunately been, been trending downward. So there seems to be a pretty clear, renewed emphasis on quality. But this happens to be a good thing for North Carolina. The, the nature of our soils and our climate and just agronomic practices in general mean that protein content of North Carolina soybeans tends to be higher. I think it'll end up rewarding our farmers in the long term. Wagner says North Carolina soybean producers have another advantage. They're close to ports in Wilmington and Norfolk and to local feed mills that supply the state's animal producers. That means soybeans are handled fewer times as they move through the supply chain than those grown in many other parts of the country. And that means the beans are less likely to break and less foreign material gets introduced. I would say that's a tremendous opportunity for you know, maybe new buyers looking for a footprint in North Carolina. This is a state where high quality soybeans can be purchased for a relatively low, low cost. What we ultimately need is more buyers. Trends related to changing consumer preferences, whether it's for higher quality, more protein, more transparency, or greater access to local foods, present difficulties for sure. But they also present opportunities. Researchers in NC State University's College of Agriculture and Life Sciences pursue ways that producers and others involved in the agricultural supply chain can make the most of those opportunities. NC State Extension Director Rich Bonanno says his organization serves as a link. Core basic job in agriculture is very, very simple and is to provide unbiased research-based knowledge to farmers help them make better decisions and improve their prosperity. Now that comes with some pieces. One of those pieces is to make sure that we're also aware of what the needs of the industry are through our connection with agriculture out in the countryside and out on the farms to make sure that our researchers back on campus have a focus not just on a lot of uh, grand paradigm shifting research, but they're also focusing on the needs of the industry. One way Extension meets that mission is through three initiatives, one related to plant sciences, another to animal agriculture, and the third to food processing. To me, the opportunities, the thoughts, the ideas, the things that are being thrown out right now by people on what we could achieve are amazing. The fact we've got the collaborations, public-private collaborations, 
scientists willing to work together. It's, it's something that when we bring the needs of the industry back to the researchers, the potential for getting something back that, as we might say up north, is wicked exciting. And it's not just to put more toys on farms. It's not to put more things in front of farmers that cost money. It's all about profitability. Putting something in front of them that means something, that makes a difference, that allows them to stay in business. We want to move towards a place where our technology and our new technology can really, really help farmers be profitable and keep that land in their families and provide opportunity for generations to come. Brian Bloomson is also excited about what NC State is doing. There's no more resilient or innovative people I know of than farmers. And because of the work that is done through research and extension uh, at NC State and our other land-grant universities, it enables these farmers to take that optimism to fruition. I don't want it to sound like that our farmers aren't facing huge challenges, because they are. You know, prices are always a challenge. Being able to maintain the farm is always a challenge. But in order for us to survive and to go forward, we've got to find those opportunities that present themselves and, can, and, and actually act on Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll join us again for our next episode. To learn more about the college and our podcast, visit go.ncsu.edu slash farms. While you're there, share your thoughts. We'd love to get your ideas and to hear what topics you'd like for us to explore in the future.